I was a film critic for a college newspaper and they used to reimburse us for the price of the tickets for the movies we reviewed. But if you used your movie pass, you weren't actually paying for the tickets. So you could make like 12 bucks. It was a great point in my life where I could literally just go to any movie theater in the country and see pretty much any movie for free. Any kind of movie at any time, unlimited times, I was like, why would you not do this? Hello and welcome to Blackout Dates, a podcast investigating the rise and fall of beloved subscription service MoviePass. I'm your host, Zach Gelfand. And I'm Spencer Rothrose. You probably remember that little red card you carried around in your wallet for a while a few years back. It was a debit card that you paid $10 a month to hang on to, and with it you could see just about any movie you wanted, whenever you wanted, wherever you wanted. And it was all free. The movie past years were a golden era of movie going, some might even say a golden era of youthfulness in general. For a second there, we had a glimmer of hope. Then, in the summer of 2018, it all came crashing down. MoviePass is shutting down permanently amid bankruptcy. MoviePass is officially no more. Seems too good to be true. Turns out it is. It looks like it's finally over. It's finally 100% done. MoviePass is no no more. No, 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 no. Before we get into that, I think it was Lewis Carroll who said something like, the only logical way to start a story is at the beginning. So, a bit of background. Although it was initially founded in 2011, and quickly named one of the 25 most disruptive apps of 2012 by Business Insider, MoviePass didn't really catch fire until August 2017. This was around the time that the company was bought by data analytics firm Helios & Matheson, The new leadership promptly announced an absurd-sounding deal to any new subscribers. The ability to effectively see one free movie in theaters per day for the low price of $9.95 per month. This was an 80% drop from its previous price point, and opportunistic movie lovers began signing up for the service in droves. Here's how it worked. MoviePass mails you a debit card. The day you want to see a movie, you head over to your local theater and check it on your phone. The money for the ticket is loaded onto your card. You then buy a ticket, and MoviePass actually foots the bill. The only real caveats are that you can only buy one ticket a day, and it doesn't cover specialty showing. The average cost of a movie ticket across the country is roughly $9. If you see two movies a month, you save around $8. So the more movies you see, the more money you save. They did stimulate a a lot of business, but essentially um, you were buying something that was too good to be true. This is Russ Collins, executive director of the State and Michigan Theaters in downtown Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I went to college and used my movie pass all the time. I don't know why they didn't increase the price. I mean, they would have lost customers, but they still could have you know, created the balance. As a small business person, I understand it intellectually, but I don't really understand it viscerally. <laughs> you can't sell something for less than it cost. By February of the following year, the service had amassed more than 2 million subscribers, having doubled in size in just seven weeks. 18 weeks after 2 million, they hit 3 million. Under the fearless leadership of their CEO, Netflix co-founder Mitch Lowe, MoviePass was exploding. But even as it was becoming a household name, there was a sense of the whole thing being a mistake. Like it was a glitch in the matrix we had to exploit before the bug was patched. 
The business model seemed like an affront to, well, the concept of business itself. Let's be clear. MoviePass was buying full-price tickets from these theaters and then offering them to subscribers at pennies on the dollar. Each ticket a New York City subscriber got through the app netted MoviePass a loss of $8. And if that user went to the movies every day for a month, MoviePass would take a hit of over half a grand. We couldn't figure out exactly what the company stood to gain by offering us such an unqualified bargain, and we figured it couldn't last. But we were determined to get our kicks in while we could. The thrilling sense that we were getting away with something was just part of the hold that MoviePass had on us that summer. The -the behind-the-scenes drama of the company's meteoric rise could be even more entertaining than the movies we were exploiting it to go see. We were watching a company become wildly successful and immediately, in real time, begin struggling with the consequences of that success. The saga was enthralling, baffling, and at times just plain spiteful, like watching Real Housewives of Silicon Valley. And much like the most compelling stars of that reality series, MoviePass seemed to be almost leaning into the messiness. Let's give you a taste. So one through line of MoviePass's glorious run was the vibe that they were just making shit up as they went along. In the first half of 2018, new pricing plans and promotions would appear and disappear without any real notice. Suddenly new subscribers could get unlimited movies for $6.95 a month, then the next month they could only get three tickets per month but also a free trial to iHeartRadio, then the next month Unlimited was back but for $7.95 a month. It was really the wild west of movie subscription apps, and you never really knew what you might get from month to month. Neither, it seemed, did MoviePass CEO Mitch Lowe, who stated, We always just try different things. Every time we try a new promotion, we never put a deadline on it. And, like any good underdog, they punched way above their weight. In early 2018, after MoviePass tried to partner with AMC, the world's largest cinema operator, AMC went on record saying that the app was unsustainable and bad for the industry. MoviePass then responded by pulling 10 AMC theaters from its service, with the CEO of Helios & Matheson, Ted Farnsworth, saying that he was, quote, 1,000% ready to do battle. He was ready to do battle with the world's largest cinema operator. Sure, the feud meant users didn't know if their local cinema would still be on the app in a week's time, but by that same token, well, we didn't know if the app itself would be around then either. But my favorite bit of chicanery is the alleged Rotten Tomatoes review scam. This might get a little numbersy, but bear with me, it's worth it. So, in 2018, MoviePass opened up an acquisition arm called MoviePass Ventures. This company co-distributed three films that summer, including John Travolta's notorious mafia disaster piece Gotti, and the heist film American Animals. But here's where it starts to get silly. Eagle-eyed Rotten Tomatoes users noticed an enormous discrepancy between Gotti's critic score and its audience score, meaning that critics hated it and audiences loved it. Which isn't weird in and of itself, it happens a lot with movies with hardcore, you know, comics or sci-fi fan bases. But when 68% of the audience likes a movie that exactly zero critics think is any good? That was the case with Gotti on June 20th, 2018, and it smelled pretty fishy. Zach Scharf at IndieWire crunched the numbers and found that Gotti somehow racked up 7,000 audience reviews, despite grossing just $1.7 million in its opening weekend. For comparison, The Incredibles 2, a critically beloved animated superhero movie that was released that same weekend, earned roughly the same number of reviews in that span while beating Gotti's weekend box office haul by a factor of almost 100. That could mean one of two things. 
Either Gotti fans were reviewing their film about 94 times as frequently as Incredibles 2 fans were reviewing theirs, or someone was paying for thousands of accounts to write fake positive reviews for Gotti. And most suspicious of all, many of the audience reviewers who raved about Gotti had reviewed just a single other film on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right, fellow MoviePass Ventures product, American Animals. But wow, the whole thing was just so damn fun. In the summer of 2018, I was going to see movies between like two and six times a week. $9.95 a month to see basically unlimited movies. In New York City, the cost of going to a single movie is closer to $20, which means that without MoviePass, I would have been spending somewhere between $40 and $120 per week throughout that entire summer. I was seeing the biggest action thrillers, foreign films, silent films, adult films, anything that was in theaters, I was going to see it. It was an amazing time for going out of my comfort zone, expanding my taste, and experimenting with films I normally wouldn't have given a second thought to, just because I could. At least until July 27th. That was the day of the release of Paramount blockbuster Mission Impossible Fallout. Zach and I were co-workers sitting at adjacent desks at the time, and though we kept trying to grab tickets through the MoviePass app that afternoon, every screening was blacked out. We were so distraught that we didn't get any work done for the rest of the day. What could be going on over there? Was it just a glitchy app or something more insidious? Here's a pretty good explanation of the situation from a guy named William as he drove to work a few days later. Happy Monday, guys! It is July 30th! So a lot is going on. Um, First things first, MoviePass had issues on Thursday night. They ended up actually having to take out an emergency loan to pay their uh, movie ticket uh, debit card processor. Um, The deal or or the loan basically was for $5 million in cash um, with 1.2 in interest. So that means it was a $6.2 million loan where 3 million of it is due on August 1st. I'm calling it right here and I called it on my blog. I give them about a week. So many people are canceling. Um, folks are fed up with it. They're they're done. Everyone's done. Um, it's really, really sad, but there you have it. Turns out, this was indeed finally it. The beginning of the long-foreseen end for MoviePass. Reports soon surfaced that, much like anyone with a basic sense of economics could have predicted, the company had simply run out of cash with which to buy tickets from theaters. We later learned that they had been hemorrhaging money for months, with losses of almost a quarter billion dollars over just three financial quarters of 2018. And the sheer number of fans clamoring to go see Mission Impossible on July 27th ended up draining the very last of MoviePass's coffers. So, the app locked them out. It was the first blackout date, but certainly not the last. Though the $6 million loan William mentioned was a temporary bailout for Helios and Matheson, their problems were just beginning. From then on, to stem the tidal wave of movie tickets their users were forcing them to buy, MoviePass would black out certain theaters, certain movies, and certain dates seemingly at random. The number of screenings and theaters available on the app plummeted, and so did user confidence. By April of 2019, MoviePass had lost over 90% of its paying subscribers. As quickly as it had risen, MoviePass was falling. 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 
After the Mission Impossible fiasco, MoviePass tried to rebrand and relaunch under various new business models to stave off the coming darkness, including limiting subscribers to three movies a month and offering new tiered pricing models. This gave some glimmer of hope for the future, and even encouraged my friend Matt to place a big bet on the return of the beloved app with a sizable purchase of stock in MoviePass's parent company, Helios & Matheson. I saw kind of a, a miracle opportunity. I was thinking in my mind, I don't. It, there's no way if it stays like this, it'll survive, but maybe since it has kind of the, the it's famous to people our age, even if they restructure and make it more expensive, people will buy in, or at least they'll salvage some sort of their credibility and their sustainability as a company. So I was thinking, hey, if I just kind of drop about 15 to $20 and buy 500 shares, and it goes back up to like five bucks, I would have made, you know, 2500 around $2,500. So I was like, hey, for, uh, you know, rather than go to the casino or something or, or buy an expensive cocktail at a, at a East Village bar, I could just take this chance and maybe make thousands of dollars or $2,000 off of Helios and Madison. I know that in Times Square around the fall, maybe fall of 2018, maybe spring of 2019 there was a big billboard that said movie pass back and better than ever did you see that billboard what was your reaction to seeing that billboard it might be a little embarrassing but i think i had a sliver of hope when that happened and i was like wait is this actually happening but it wasn't enough the dream officially came to an end in september of 2019 when the app itself shut down for good and movie pass ceased operations by the following january helios and matheson had declared bankruptcy as well now that the app had shut down, subscribers weren't being charged anymore, right? Not according to my friend Shelby, who called to tell me a very different story. I never canceled it. I just knew, and from hearing the stories of, like, MoviePass is bankrupt or MoviePass no longer works and, and people being like, yeah, I canceled. I didn't know I was still being charged, especially with the app being down. I hadn't heard from anybody, but I was still being charged. So... It wasn't until maybe three or four months of me not using MoviePass did I notice, oh, I should try and figure this out, but then I wasn't charged anymore. While these charges seemed like nothing more than isolated glitches, they felt to some like one last middle finger for MoviePass, ever the shit stirrer, even from beyond the grave. But even during MoviePass's heyday, while subscribers were still enjoying movies like The Florida Project, Annihilation, and Tyler Perry's Acrimony every night for basically free, we couldn't ignore the one question nagging at the back of our minds. How could charging less than $10 a month to fund up to 31 movies be at all sustainable in the first place? We knew the deal seemed too good to be true, but hadn't the MoviePass leadership accounted for this when they developed their business model? What was the plan here? Here's MoviePass CEO Mitch Lowe again in Happier Days. We're buying one in every 35 tickets sold in the United States. So in a short five months, we're buying, you know, a ton of movie tickets. Whenever you offer an all-you-can-eat program, the first couple months, people go crazy. People want to see every movie that, that comes out. You know, eventually you're going to get back to a normal level. The reality is 
People are going a lot more than they used to, but it's not as much as you would imagine. The catch is, is that over time, you're going to get offers and proposals from us, uh, you know, buying the soundtrack of the movie as you walk out of the theater. Making money off of giving you ideas that um, you might be interested in. Our service is really low because we are going to use our understanding of you as the customer to be able to give you relevant suggestions of, that you might find valuable in your life. To paraphrase Breaking Bad heavy Gus Fring, what kind of plan kicks the can down the road, offering vague ideas while leaving the hard parts to be dealt with later? No plan. No plan at all. Spencer and I knew this couldn't be it. There had to be something else going on here, something more, something to explain what was really going on in MoviePass's boardroom, something to explain just how they thought this crazy experiment would go. What was the real plan and what went wrong? And can we ever go back to the glory days? We came into this podcast trying to find out the real story of the circumstances surrounding MoviePass's rise and fall. The truth, we learned, went so much deeper than we could have imagined. Hi, are you the ones investigating MoviePass? I I have some information you might be interested in. Blackout Dates is created by Zach Gelfand and Spencer Rothrose. It is produced by Ryan Cox and Andrew Perlman in association with Erudite Productions. Sound design by Zach Gelfand. Theme music by Alex Hahn. Additional music by Kevin McLeod. Artwork by Madeline Godin. Publicity by Big Picture Media. Additional voices by Madeline Godin, Shelby Magnus, Russ Collins, Matt Kerr, Camila Dason-Aravena, and William. Special thanks to Fallon Rower and Lydia Roberts.